0: Hey folks, I'm Nick DeLisandro, and this is Wait 5 Minutes, a podcast about Florida by a Floridian. It's springtime, which means that it's time for me to talk about flowers, specifically wildflowers, and an unusual act that helps the wildflowers of Florida flourish. It is part of a federal program called the Highway Beautification Act, and that is what this episode is all about. How First Lady Lady Bird Johnson tried to fix our highways, how wildflowers crisscross our state, and what Florida's wildflowers mean to our ecosystem. Let's meet the First Lady, one Lady Bird Johnson. When Claudia Alta Taylor was a child in Texas, a maid told her that she was pretty as a ladybird. Ladybird being a colloquialism for ladybugs. The name stuck, and for the rest of her life, Claudia Alta Taylor was known as Ladybird. She graduated from the University of Texas with a degree in history and another in journalism. As a young woman, Lady Bird wanted to be a journalist or a teacher. She wasn't quite sure where she would land. It was in Austin, Texas that she met a congressional aide just a few years older than her. His name was Lyndon Baines Johnson. They were quickly attracted to one another, so much so that apparently Lyndon flagged behind in his studies. They were married in 1934. Lyndon ran and was elected to Congress soon after with the help of Lady Bird's support. Every biographer of both figures says that Lady Bird Johnson was a huge part of Lyndon's political career. She was just as much a part of his appeal as he was. She would run his office, she would support his campaign, she would mediate conversations with journalists and political associates. She was the heart of his campaigns. Her own business enterprises at this time were extremely fascinating and complex. You gotta look it up. She has all this radio and television story stuff. It's it's really interesting. She made a name for herself in Texas and in Washington DC with and without her husband's name. When her husband was elected vice president on the ticket with John F. Kennedy, Lady Bird Johnson had a position in the White House that put her on the national level. She was friends with the Kennedys and even spoke for the White House when Jackie Kennedy was unavailable. But fate would put Lady Bird in a more prominent position soon, and she would use it to advance something very close to her heart. November of 1963, John F. Kennedy is assassinated. In Air Force One, on the tarmac leaving Texas in his own home state, Lyndon Baines Johnson was sworn in as the 36th President of the United States. Lady Bird became the first lady in a flash that November evening, and everything changed. There's an iconic picture, one of the most chilling in American history, of LBJ being sworn in. Jackie Kennedy is on the right side of the photo looking hollow and tired. LBJ looks solemn. Everyone in the room is staring at Lyndon Baines Johnson. He was the president, now. But Lady Bird is just to the side of her husband, partially obscured by her husband's arm. She's wearing a pearl necklace. To be honest with you, she looks grim. What is most interesting about her face is that she doesn't appear to be looking at her husband, nor really the judge swearing him in. Based on my view, Lady Bird almost seems like she's staring into the middle distance, lost in thought. Everything in her life was changing right now. If I were her... I too would be wondering what was about to happen. jump forward a little less than two years, autumn of 1965. It was almost the end of the 1965 Congressional session, and a bill that Lady Bird had pushed for hadn't been approved yet. The LBJ Library says that President Johnson went to his cabinet and said the following, quote, the Congress is about ready to adjourn, and they haven't passed Lady Bird's Highway Beautification Act. Now she wants that bill, and if she wants it, I want it, and by God, we're going to pass it, end quote. You can say a lot about Lyndon Johnson, but there is no question that that guy loved his wife. The Highway Beautification Act was very important to Lady Bird, and she had a pretty good reason as to why. The Highway Beautification Act is, in my opinion, one of the most unique bills I've ever read from the federal government, and one that has so much visible presence in our lives, but many of you probably have never even heard of it. Since Eleanor Roosevelt, the wife of Franklin D. Roosevelt, First Ladies have taken on causes during their tenure, something that matters to them, that they hope to see put forward in the American public during their partner's term as president. Ladybird's was a focus on natural beauty and promoting it within public spaces. It wasn't just an aesthetic interest that Ladybird had in public spaces around the country. Ladybird Johnson believed that having more beautiful spaces, especially in urban spaces that were more dominated by such monochromatic gray and black colors, was actually good for people and their health. And, and this is true. According to the National Park Service, Lady Bird was inspired by recent conservation efforts at that time, including the 1962 book Silent Spring by Rachel Carson, which advocated for a cleaner environment. On top of that, her husband, President Johnson, had signed a few acts in his tenure that were relevant to this cause, including, quote, the Wilderness Act in 1964, and later the Water Quality and Clean Air Acts, end quote the national parks themselves, inspired Lady Bird to value a more natural world in the United States. One word became central to Lady Bird's quest, beautification. Everybody understood what it meant, its meaning was clear, to make this country and its spaces more beautiful. About that word, Lady Bird said the following, quote, Though the word beautification makes the concept sound merely cosmetic, it involves much more, clean water, clean air clean roadsides safe waste disposal and preservation of valued old landmarks as well as great parks and wilderness areas end quote here is lady bird herself speaking from a film that she made in the 1960s about the program the film is called showcase for the nation and as lady bird is speaking gorgeous footage of flowers are shown to drive the point home
1: beautification to my mind is far more than a matter of cosmetics. To me, it describes the whole effort to bring the natural world and the man-made world into harmony, to bring order, usefulness, delight to our whole environment,
0: But proving that this beautification plan was actually going to be of interest to anyone took some work. She and her team decided to start small. They decided to do beautification in Washington, D.C. itself. Her team was dubbed the Committee for a More Beautiful Capital. The plan was multi-tiered and arranged with public works officials, historians, architects, landscapers, and locals who wanted to pitch in to help. It started small clean up litter, both in the streets and in the rivers around D.C., and then it became horticultural, planting trees and flowers, not just in parks or green spaces, but along the sides of the roads remember that. Daffodils and azaleas were planted in large bundles arranged to create beautiful patterns and shapes, and it wasn't just flowers. She pushed for public spaces to have effective sidewalks, trash cans, water features, benches, places to sit and relax. On top of that, Lady Bird's plan helped provide green spaces for public schools, including schools in lower-income neighborhoods. Those green spaces would often even include Opportunities for those schools to use the green spaces as education spaces for the kids, with classes about nature using those gardens. Promoting American nature in public spaces, including reducing the presence of billboards and hiding landfills, became Lady Bird's national cause. And in 1965, with promotion from her husband, her public relations work successfully pushing the cause, and Lady Bird herself ensuring the bill had supporters in Congress, the Highway Beautification Act was passed. Lady Bird's plans for more beautified public spaces and enriched highway aesthetics took effect, and our roadways, public spaces, would never be the same. Which brings us to Florida and our guest this week.
1: I am Stacy Matrazzo. I'm the executive director of the Florida Wildflower Foundation. Um, I've been in this role for only about six months, um, but I've been with the organization for 13 years. Wow. So.
0: Stacy studied environmental studies at my alma mater, Rollins College, and got her master's there as well. She even is an adjunct professor there now. She was a program manager for the Wildflower Foundation for five years until their executive director retired and she was elected to take on the task.
1: So, we are a nonprofit organization. Um, our mission is to protect, connect, and expand native wildflower habitat um, throughout Florida. We are a statewide organization. Um, And we do this through education, research, planting, and conservation programs. Our work was originally and mainly focused on roadsides, but roadsides are still a huge focus for us, although we've really expanded um, what we do quite a bit.
0: They have massively expanded their goals from their early years. Nowadays, the foundation does everything from land grants to education, they work with public schools and public gardens, and they even fund research with institutions like the University of Florida. There's a lot going on with the foundation, all of these things related to Florida's native wildflowers. But what exactly is a wildflower? You know I like to ask dumb questions to smart people, so I asked Stacy, what is a wildflower? What does it mean?
1: not a dumb question (laughs) for definition we are really talking about natives or native species versus species that aren't originally from here sure and you know in botanical records we look at the 1500s or so when europeans started settling here and documenting what was here and that's kind of the sort of arbitrary distinction of what's native and not but but that's what we're really looking at even though Um, you know, the the organization and even the wildflower program at the state level didn't come out of natives. That's where our focus is now. Um, But a wildflower in general is any herbaceous plant that produces a flower. So, you know, we have flowering shrubs and flowering trees, and they're very important, and we don't exclude them from our discussions, but they're not wildflowers. Wildflowers have to be herbaceous species so no no woodiness no you know shrubby um grasses count as wildflowers too wow there um but you know it's a it's kind of a nebulous definition and we're not speaking taxonomically because that will <laughs> change the definition um because a grass is a grass and a wildflower is a wildflower okay that, that's really kind of the distinction like wildflower versus a cultivated flower you can go to the grocery store and buy a bouquet of river daisies, and that's not necessarily a wildflower because it was grown and cultivated, but it's still, you know, all flowering plants are native somewhere and grow naturally somewhere, and so that does give them that distinction of wildflower. But again, here in Florida, the Florida Wildflower Foundation, we're looking at plants, herbaceous flowering species that are native to the state.
0: So, just to repeat what she said, a wildflower in the context of this organization means that it's a plant that is wild, native to Florida, and herbaceous. Meaning it doesn't have any of its part that is woody, like bark or the interior of a shrub or a bush. It's it's really a leafy plant, if you understand my meaning. And by wild, we mean they're not being cultivated to be used in bouquets or gardens or things like that. They are truly out in the wild, out in the wilderness. And of course, every part of our ecosystem is vital. Each animal and plant plays a part in the greater system, including our little wildflowers.
1: I think wildflowers are kind of a gateway species for a lot of people um, to get them interested in the natural world. And I mean, that's kind of what got me. I, I, I really enjoyed botany when I was in school, but I was just drawn to the flowering species. And But, you know... You, you get drawn in by, wow, that's a cool flower, and then you start looking at the intricacies and the interconnectedness of the plants and the pollinators and the other wildlife and the entire ecosystems. And, you know, native wildflowers in particular are really essential to our state's ecological health, to our economy, um, our natural beauty. They are, we, we have, you know, a huge diversity of native wildflowers and other plants too, but they provide opportunities for ecotourism and recreation. Uh, But ecologically speaking, they play a, a really important role in water quality and preventing erosion and sequestering carbon and all of those ecosystem services. But they're also heavily relied upon by many of our wildlife. They provide food and habitat for pollinators and birds and other wildlife. And then all of these critters who are fed by our wildflowers have other ecological roles or, you know, they're, they're important in that overall uh, ecosystem health. And so, you know, that in itself is a very important reason that, that we focus on creating or preserving their habitat. But those pollinators in particular are also especially important to us as humans. And the percentage varies depending on what source you're looking at, but it's approximately 75% of our food, in some way or another, relies on pollination. Hmm. But the food crops that we have don't necessarily provide enough resources for those pollinators, so we need native wildflowers to supplement their diets. And, and so, you know, the native wildflowers are essential for the success of many food crops by providing that habitat and that supplemental food for the pollinators that, in turn, provide food for us. And, and then again, speaking about native in particular, those plants have evolved over millennia with our native wildlife, so they are better suited to provide the essential resources that our pollinators and our birds and other wildlife need. They also evolved here in our state's somewhat harsh conditions. I mean, Florida is lush and subtropical and amazing, but it has high heat, high humidity, salt and wind, hurricanes, like just a lot of really harsh, uh, you know, weather and climate experiences. So these plants have evolved here. They know how to survive in those conditions. They're acclimated to them better than many of the non-native species that we tend to use in our landscapes. And of course they don't, they shouldn't require fertilizers or pesticides, other chemicals, or as much water as those non-natives. So there's, there's a host of reasons why hmm. our native wildflowers are just incredibly important to, to us.
0: For such a small specimen when they are in multitude, the wildflowers of Florida play an essential role in our lives. Now, you know I love flowers. We have some growing in my backyard specifically to support pollinators, like Stacy mentioned, but seeing wildflowers out in the world is a specific task Out in the woods, there are flowers, obviously, but in suburban life, the colors of Florida wildflowers can be hard to find. Sometimes they're planted in public spaces, sometimes they're in little gardens, but seeing them truly out in the wild can be rare, unless you're paying attention when you're on the road. I'm sure you've noticed, but along many of Florida's roadways, there are bountiful, colorful stands of Florida wildflowers, The day that I am recording this, I was driving home and looked to my left and saw a bundle of these beautiful yellow wildflowers just covering an entire median. I have no idea what they were, but they were little and yellow and basically making a carpet around these palm trees. It was beautiful to see. Sometimes there are signs saying that this is a wildflower area that is protected and to avoid stepping within. Long stretches of highway or county roads are lined with stretches of wildflowers running in full parallel to the asphalt road. Well these little colorful stripes are thanks in part to our friend Ladybird Johnson before the highway beautification act In Florida, there was a program started by the Florida Department of Transportation called the Wildflower Program. It was started in 1963, two years before the Highway Beautification Act was passed. This is because, according to the Wildflower Foundation's website, a highway south of Tallahassee was lined with these red wildflowers, and people were interested in in what they were, why they were there. When the state investigated, they, quote, found that when the road was built, sod was purchased from a nearby cattle farmer who had planted crimson clover as winter cattle forage and to enrich the soil with nitrogen, end quote. So the Department of Transportation decided they wanted to plant more of the crimson clover, an iconic red flower that you've certainly seen on our roadways. Quote, aesthetics, lower maintenance costs, and driver safety were its goals, end quote. But that was just the beginning. The wildflowers along Florida's roadside had a long road ahead, pun intended. In 1973, a program called Operation Wildflower was supported by Lady Bird Johnson even after her husband had left office. Operation Wildflower went into effect and had national impacts. It was a continuation of the spirit of the Highway Beautification Act. And
1: that was a federal program. I think it was a reimbursement program. So the government would reimburse states for planting wildflowers along federal and state highways. And so here in Florida, like I said, the garden clubs were really involved in that. They used to donate seeds specifically for use on roadsides. Um, They really wanted to see Florida become a tourist destination for roadside wildflowers, similar to what Texas was experiencing, which is where a lady from or where she lived. And originally, the, the Department of Transportation was planting crimson clover, this really striking red flower. It's very noticeable. It's not native to Florida, though. Um, but it did really well in like the panhandle in the northern part of the state. And then they started using a non-native uh, coreopsis because that did well throughout the rest of the state. And so that was kind of the beginning of the, the roadside wildflower program. But then it evolved to start preserving natural or existing stands of wildflowers and not just planting these things, but finding areas where they already existed that we could just change the management practices to preserve them. So our organization started in 2000 is officially when we started, but back in 1998, the Florida Federation of Garden Clubs, along with the Department of Transportation and other wildflower enthusiasts, proposed the creation of the state wildflower license plate. Mm. And that is the beginning of our organization. So among those activists were Anne McKay.
0: Anne McKay's husband is Buddy McKay, the lieutenant governor to Lawton Childs, who served the last three weeks of Childs' tenure after Childs suddenly passed away at the end of his term. Anne was invited to an event with other spouses of governors and lieutenant governors hosted by Lady Bird Johnson.
1: But a lot of different first ladies from the southeast came and met with her and, you know, talked to her about her vision and and that really inspired Ann, who is, she's on our board. She's a founding member of our organization, and she's still on our board today. But so she worked with the garden clubs, with the Department of Transportation, and got this license plate celebrating the state wildflower through the legislation, and the intention of that was that the funds that were um, generated from the sale and renewal of that plate would be used specifically to, um, you know... To create educational programs, research programs, and planting programs all around wildflowers. We were created specifically to receive and manage those funds.
0: So what exactly does this project do? Wildflowers on the side of the road for aesthetic purposes is certainly a lovely idea and concept. You know, clean up the shared spaces, make them more attractive, just what Ladybird wanted. Obviously, we know there is ecological value to it, but why did the wildflowers need to be in the roadways?
1: We were formed as an organization in 2000, but it wasn't until 2004 that the Department of Transportation here in Florida actually enacted its wildflower program. And that, what, we were at the table for that and have been involved in, um, you know, ensuring that it's still working. But the purpose of it was to, like, protect, establish, and then manage roadside wildflowers from a conservation perspective, from a, a safety, highway safety perspective, and then also just as a mechanism to protect our natural resources and beauty. Again, tourism is a, you know, big thing for Florida in general. So they created this wildflower program that established protocols for roadside maintenance, which included you know mowing schedules that would allow wildflowers to flourish for pollinators and to set seeds so that the flowers actually reproduce.
0: Once it was agreed that there was a way and a reason to maintain these roadside wildflowers, they created seven wildflower districts, each with its own manager to protect the region's wildflowers. Then they created a resolution for counties where individual Florida counties could agree on the, quote, historical, environmental, and cultural significance of Florida's wildflowers, end quote. Nearly 40 counties have agreed in the dozen years since the resolution was introduced. This is an important agreement when it comes to protecting the wildflowers along our state's county roads. I've always been fascinated by the fact that they're there. It doesn't seem like the right place for there to be a protected, specific, ecosystem. I mean, I've been on highways so much, especially for this show, and whenever I see wildflowers, I'm always glad to see them, but I'm like, this is not exactly a great place for them to be. There's cars, there's accidents, there's fuel, there's fumes, all sorts of strange things coming out of cars. Not exactly the greatest place for an ecosystem to develop with these wildflowers, right? Turns out, I am completely wrong. Here's what Stacy has to say.
1: Roadsides are just really important because they're they're really great for wildflowers. They're open, sunny, disturbed, like all the perfect conditions for many wildflowers to thrive. And even like even roadside ditches are good because they're open and sunny, but they're wet, so you have good conditions for aquatic wildflowers to sure. too. And roadsides are literal habitat corridors and when i talk about corridors i'm just talking about these long stretches of habitat particularly through our natural areas or or connecting our natural areas because um you know we're one of the fastest growing states in the country Mm. we are using up our natural land to accommodate all this growth and so we have these like disparate disconnected natural areas but roadsides can create you know, pathways or corridors between them because they're, they're just these long stretches that they don't have development. They have just sometimes uh, healthy natural communities, sometimes not, but... So again, like being these long stretches, they can connect those shrinking natural areas, but still provide habitat, provide escape patches for wildlife to get through. And the road signs already exist. So it's a really easy target, so to speak because we don't have to do much other than adjust our maintenance. And that's been our focus moving forward. Um, You know, we still work with the Department of Transportation, but we can have a lot more impact at um, a local level because we have, you know, people who are interested, volunteers who are watching the roadways and contacting us or contacting their county commission when things aren't being done, um, you know, to the best or for the best ecological
0: result. That's amazing. I mean, the fact that the, it's interesting because I think a lot of people think of like nature on the roadways can be so complicated, but you're like, you're right. It's, it's wide open. It's sunny. Uh, Did you say disturbed? Was that a quality that you said about them?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Disturbed in that, you know, it gets mowed. It gets a lot of, you know, cars pulling off on it. Like it's, it's not a pristine habitat. And So disturbed is just kind of a general word for those um, those areas that get that experience, um, well, disturbance for lack of a better word.
0: <laughs> and that's good for the wildflowers.
1: A lot of wildflowers do well in those kinds of conditions. Yeah, they don't mind. I mean, they a lot of them do benefit from being mowed. So mowing is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just mowing at the right time. You don't want to mow when all the flowers are in full bloom because right. you're. Cutting out all those pollinator resources and you're eliminating the ability for those wildflowers to reseed and regenerate. But if you mow at the right time, it can encourage growth. It can encourage them to, to you know, reestablish in a better way.
0: I love that word. Disturbed. That the ecosystem needs to be disturbed. The fact that human intrusion can actually be good for wildflower development is the kind of thing that just shows how incredible nature is, how unpredictable it can be. We often think that we know so much about nature, especially armchair ecologists like myself. We think that nature is totally safer and better when human beings keep our noses out of it. But when it comes to wildflowers along our roads, our intrusion can be part of their life. Stacy adds that there is lots more to study in our relationship with the wildflowers on the roads, but we know that their placement there has so many benefits. And of course, they are a fascinating lesson in the versatility of Florida's flora. Stacy and I mused on that unusual quality of wildflowers and Ladybird's place in that story. Ladybird Johnson was, from what I've read, before she settled in on this being like her crusade she was visiting national parks and she was visiting garden clubs and things like that and she was seeing the sort of the the grayness of sort of development in the 60s where these billboards were going up and the highways looked ugly and all these things were going on and there was an element of she she says this quote I can't I'm, I'm paraphrasing but it was something like you know if the world around us is beautiful then we want to value it more if, if it's better looking if we care more for its aesthetic than we care more for its survival and and things like that but i think it's really interesting that she was doing this work to make these highways more beautiful or to make these public spaces more attractive i mean she did that entire like redesign of washington dc and put in all these flowers and and did all this amazing stuff that that obviously was aesthetically attractive and wildflowers are by their nature beautiful but they're also such a like linchpin to our existence as <laughs> you know creatures on this planet in this ecosystem i i just i'm i'm musing I'm on that and i wonder if you have any thoughts on that on the idea that these wildflowers are this just naturally beautiful thing that were advanced and protected because of their value as an aesthetic thing but also for their value as an ecological system do you have any thoughts on that or am i just bloviating <laughs>
1: I think that's absolutely it, and you know, I, I I like to quote Aldo Leopold for the same reason. It's it, you know, we we can't I'm going to paraphrase and butcher his quote too, but it's the same idea that we we if we don't understand it, we don't love it, and if we don't mm. love it, we don't care about it. We don't want to preserve it, and so I think you know that beauty is what gets us, and and we know what nature and and seeing even just seeing pictures of nature can do for us can bring our blood pressure down and you know it 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 does things psychologically emotionally physiologically that are important to us as humans but um but yeah we rely on uh, those ecosystem services too and so we we don't we need to i think we need to have more experiences and exposure to that for the same reason that the more we see it the more we go oh my gosh that's beautiful how cool is that then we're going to care about it and caring about it is the first step in preserving it whether it is because we think it's cool or we recognize that it's incredibly important to the entire natural system um you know i don't care where you're coming from as long as you care about it enough to, to do something that's my my aim to yeah on such a deeper level and and i think that's what lady bird was was going for too of understanding that it's the beauty's going to get us, but we need that in order to actually take action.
0: The wildflowers are quietly a perfect lesson in conservation. It's easier to care for nature that is appealing to you—the cute animal, the beautiful plant, including our wildflowers. But they aren't just delicate little flowers. There is so much more to them. They are. Tough, they are strong, they are versatile, they are vital, and they can survive. Ladybird knew exactly the value of supporting them throughout the country, and thanks to her, as we drive along the roads of Florida onto our next destination, wildflowers make our highways and our trips more beautiful every single day. Those wildflowers are exactly where they are supposed to be. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wait 5 Minutes. I'm so glad that you are here. I am loving the spring weather that we are experiencing in Florida, and I am loving keeping an eye out for more of Florida's wildflowers. If you enjoyed this episode, I have written so much about Florida's plants, I've written about gardening and trees and our ecosystem. If you want to listen to one of the most popular episodes of this show, weirdly, there's an episode about me being a terrible gardener from a couple years ago. I'll include a link to that episode. It's so fun. Uh, you'll really, really enjoy it. If you want to learn more about our guest this week, I've included a link to their website. The Florida Wildflower Foundation does amazing stuff. They have programs that are running across the state at all times. Go check them out. Go give them follows and see what they are doing to support the wildflowers every day. And thank you to Stacy for being such an incredible guest. If you did enjoy this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It means a lot to me, and it helps the show become more visible to those who haven't found it yet. Speaking of which, do you have a friend or family member who you know would like this show and haven't gotten them to listen yet? Now is a pretty good time. This season is filled with a diversity of subjects that I think that any new listener would find at least one topic that would really get them into listening. So, Recommend the show. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WFMPod and send me an email at WFMPod at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, I will be back next Monday with another brand new episode. Only three episodes left this season. Until then, be good to yourself, be good to others, and please drink more water. See you next Monday. Have a great week.